Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, back from my world traveling adventures, uh, and I am a writer and editor in the Los Angeles area, and I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. Hi, I'm Hui Chen Bu, your writer for Slash Film, pop culture journalist in New York. Welcome back, Anya. Yeah, welcome back. Anya and I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the DC area. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I've missed you so much. I don't know if I've been on here um, since everything has happened, but you guys might have noticed my intro changed. Um, the Gay Star News, the publication that I used to uh, write for, um, tragically and unexpectedly shut down. Um, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, it was a big shock to all of us, um, and I'm really proud of the work I did there. But that is why my intro has changed. So now I'm on the hunt for the next great thing that I will be doing. Um, but yeah, and then I went off to Japan to see my girlfriend. So it's been a roller coaster of a few weeks for me. Yeah, if any uh, editors or uh, people running websites are listening to this, ep- to this podcast, hire Anya. She's great. She's a great hire writer. Hire Anya. Thank She's you. I love you both. And, um, she also has great opinions about movies because we're talking about movies today. Uh, specifically, yeah, <laughs> fall 2019 movies. And by fall 2019 movies, I mean movies for the rest of the year from September to December because it's that time of year, folks. The seasons are going to start changing. The leaves are getting redder. Not yet, but they will soon. And uh, soon a... Um, a crisp winter will descend as award season comes in to play. And so we are going to be running down our most anticipated movies of fall 2019, including some award season contenders. Um, but we won't be talking award season specifically. We're just talking about some, you know, movies that we're really looking, really looking forward to over the next four months, three months. Yeah, four months. God, year. this yeah. year's almost over, guys. Can you believe it? I've got another Stitch Fix order coming in. So, yeah, there's at least a couple more months of yeah. the year. But it's almost the end of August. Summer's almost over. Fall is almost upon us. So, let us start off. I'll kick us off. Uh, we're going to be talking about our top five choices uh, or top five most anticipated movies of fall 2019. And um, after that, we'll go into our honorable mentions. But... I'll go into my top five first. All right, number one, Parasite. I'm so excited about this movie, guys. This is this movie looks amazing. Yes, it's Bong Joon Ho's next film, and it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. It is a South Korean film that is a sensation sweeping the nation, or will sweep the nation soon when it hits theaters in October, limited theaters, and um, it it's a movie that defies categorization and summation because a lot of people have told me that you want to go into this movie not knowing anything and so I don't haven't really looked into all the details of this movie I only know that Spong Joon-ho it's really exciting it's a sort of black comedy about a family uh sort of like low-income working-class family who starts to sort of con their way into this wealthy family by posing as tutors and teachers and that that kind of thing. And um, it's supposed to be about social inequality and class anxiety and all that good stuff. So I'm quite excited about this movie. Um, I just want to put my name in for 
doubling that because that was one of my like honorable mentions because so good so good all right my next pick is you knew this was coming little woman this is a December movie. Um, it's directed by Greta Gerwig, stars Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, uh, Eliza Scanlon, uh, Laura yes. Dern, Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk, and Meryl Streep. A stacked cast, if we may say Truly. so. Truly. And a classic timeless story that deserves to be told over and over again. You can never have too many Little Women adaptations. And this one looks phenomenal. I never actually had that much of an um, attachment to the 90s version starring Winona Ryder and Christian Bale. I was more of a book book reader. The Little Woman copy I had as a kid is the most dog-eared book of my collection. I read it over and over again. So this is a story that is really close to my heart. Uh, It's a beautiful classic coming-of-age story that takes place in... um, Civil War America and is about these four sisters and their mom uh, sort of trying to raise themselves as their dad is away working as a pastor in the Civil War. And um, it's just such a wonderful, timeless story. And I can't wait to see Greta Gerwig's take on it. She kind of touched on a lot of these coming-of-age themes really excellently in her debut feature, Lady Bird. And I feel like she'll bring sort of a more modern... Um, uh, perspective to a lot of things such as the relationship between Joe and Lori which was something that as a kid I really shipped but I'm coming to realize that it's more complicated than that and I'm really enjoying Good. Greta Gerwig's uh, so such so um, per perceptive uh, analysis of their relationship and how for example there's a great Vanity Fair piece where she was talking about the androgyny of Joe and Lori and how they kind of switch clothes in their in this new version of themselves. And it's kind of really interesting in which they kind of want to be each other, but they kind of want to be with each other. It's a weird relationship, and I really love that. So I am really excited for Little Women. I'm going long for these. I'm, I'm really sorry. This is really bad. I'm just saying Louisa May Alcott got it right in her original book with Lori and Amy in the end up together and Joe and the professor ending up together. She got it right. Spoilers. Apparently. Spoilers for a centuries-old novel? Apparently, I've never Louisa read May- it, which, <laughs> by the way, when this trailer dropped, um, my Twitter feed exploded with, like, all the film Twitter uh, journalists, re- like, tweeting about it in excitement. And I watched the trailer, and now I'm, like, I downloaded the, the the Amazon free version of Little Women on my Kindle, and that's up next on my on my reading list because I've never read it. I've also never seen any of the adaptations, uh, which I've heard there are many. So I'm getting into it. So no spoilers. Also, um, well, yeah, I say I really appreciate that uh, Greta Gerwig has now hired uh, Sarsha Sarsha Ronan twice to yell at Timothy Chalamet yes. in a film. <laughs> it's delightful. It, it's what she was born to do. It really is. Um, and I want to say I'm really happy about how Little Woman just took over the internet that day because it was all, like, it wasn't just film to her. It was just film to her where women it felt like women were finally mm. having their day in the sun when yes. as opposed to like when film twitter is often very male dominated and there's all you know a lot of hoopla around the next um scorsese or something but this time it felt so uh unanimous in that spotlighting and that boosting of women's interests and like this one universal thing that women grew up with and i really i'm just gonna put it nice. out there 
do not be surprised, guys, if we have a Little Women episode at the end of the year, because <sighs> HT and I have been diehard Little Women fans since we were kids. We've both read the book numerous times, um, and Willoughby is the newcomer to it, and so his perspective will be really fun. So I'm just going to put it out there. I have a feeling we're going to have a Little Women episode at some point before the year is out or at the very start of next year. I just have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll probably be right. And this is our podcast, so we can do what we want. <laughs> All right, I'm going long on my list. I'm sorry. But I'm going to go to my next choice. Number three is Jojo Rabbit, the Taika Waititi film. Uh, that's a Nazi satire about a young boy who, uh, is, whose imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. Don't really know much about more about the movie other than that, and other than the fact that it has a hilarious trailer. Scarlett Johansson stars as does Taika Waititi as the imaginary Hitler, and I'm just excited for this film. Taika Waititi really can do no wrong. I just am very happy whenever he is directing a film, and especially doing something that's a passion project of his. He always infuses a nice uh, personal touch to all of his films, um, even with Thor Ragnarok. So, Jojo Rabbit. I won't go too long on that. Uh, next one. With you on that one, though. Yeah. Also. Next one is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, starring another plethora of uh, great actors, Daniel Craig, Tony Collette, um, Chris Evans, other people. I can't remember. I just remember Tony Collette and her great outfit, and I love it. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me see. Christopher Plummer, Chris Evans, Tony Collette, Jamie Lee Curtis, the girl from 13 Reasons Why. Um, Lakeith Stanfield. Daniel Stanfield. Craig. Um, you just said Daniel Craig twice. <laughs> uh, uh, that's because it's Daniel Craig not in the Bond movie and it's very exciting. And there are other... Michael Shannon! Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, Michael Shannon. Okay. Oh my God. And Daniel Craig looks the like guy, he's having the time the, of his the life. Guy, the guy, the actor in every uh, um, uh, Ryan Johnson film that isn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh... I don't know I his keep name. Adrian Brody, so, but I don't think that's right. No, he shows up. He's in, he's Looper. He's in Looper, and he has like the big gun. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like a drug addict in Brick. And then I don't he's know. Star Wars very briefly as like a rebel okay, pilot. I don't know his name then. I'm... I'll sh- okay. I'll show it to you guys that later post podcast. Okay, but yes, Knives Out is an Agatha Christie style murder mystery, uh, in which Daniel Craig plays. Is he playing Poirot? He's playing like a Poirot-esque character. I don't yeah, believe he's playing Poirot because he's doing a southern accent. Yeah, he's okay. not playing Poirot, but I, he's play, I mean, he's playing a detective right, right, right. who has a clearly a personality and a way of going about things. So I'm just very excited to see Daniel Craig finally hamming it up again after seeing how brilliant he was in Logan Lucky. Just let Daniel Craig have fun. Let him... Be silly, and I and he's finally getting rid of the Bond franchise after the next film. So I'm just really excited to see him do something a little bit more over the top. And yes, this trailer the trailer looks fantastic. Uh, Ryan Johnson, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. You're a great person and a great director. Don't care what anyone says about Last Jedi. It's a great movie, possibly one of the best Star Wars movies, possibly the best Star Wars movie, arguably. But um, Knives Out looks fantastic and looks like a nice return to form for uh, the guy who directed Brothers Bloom, for example. Seems very much like in that side. That film, too. I forgot about Brothers Mm -hmm. Bloom. I've only seen that once. It's fun. It's fun. Um, And so, Knives Out, my number four. Last one is 
The Lighthouse. Woot! This is the film starring Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, and directed by Robert Eggers, the director of The Vich. <laughs> One of my favorite films of 2015. Uh, a horror film. And The Lighthouse doesn't seem like it's a horror film at that, but it does seem like some horrific things are happening. Are you it, sure about that? It could be. It could not Those be. Those trailers are pretty, I mean... Mm. They they strike me as the sort of unexpected horror or like mm. the horror that kind of like is not the blatant like demon possession or serial killer, but like the horror that kind of gets under your skin and right. it's psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah, but it you can still call it like, horror. Because it seems more like it's like cabin fever, where yeah. it's like two people who are just gonna go insane at each other. Which is still like a genre of horror. Exactly. So. I agree with you, Anya, because that's the kind of horror that The Witch was, too. It got under your skin. It was all dread. It was all of that, you know, spine-tinglingness. And The Lighthouse definitely seems like that. Uh, it's about two lighthouse keepers who try to maintain their sanity while living in isolation on a remote island off the coast of Maine. Those lighthouse keepers are played by Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. Um, <laughs> I just love seeing both of them in this trailer going fully batshit. And um, I'm just incredibly excited about this movie. It's apparently based off of, well, not based off of, but inspired by a real story of a lighthouse keeper, or two lighthouse keepers, one of which died um, during their watch, and the other one was so frightened of being accused of murder that he actually like, uh, dumped his body over in, into the water. But um, something happened in which he, the body's remains floated back on shore, and uh, because he was caught in a storm, the, the arm of the body started, like, flapping against the window, and uh, he went insane. So this is a true story, which I don't know what it where it took place, but um, it's something that seems like it would be an inspiration for this film, which I'm quite excited for, and that's coming out in October. So those are my top five most anticipated movies of fall 2019 so far <coughs> we're going to my honorable fabulous choice a little later. thank you so willoughby what are your five most anticipated movies of 2019 uh fall season well we've got some repeats so i'm gonna go through the ones that are not repeats first um which are also incidentally the two ones that i'm more excited about i guess i guess the first one is The Goldfinch, which is John Crowley's new film uh, based on the novel by Donna Tart. It is filmed by Roger Deakins, and it looks stunning. It's Roger a new Deakins, Deakins joint. Exactly. He won the Oscar for Blade Runner 2049 and has been making movies for like 30 years and has now just been recognized by the Academy Awards for his uh, long overdue Oscar. Um, I'm more excited about that than the actual book, even though I've looked into the actual movie, even though I've looked into like what the movie is about and I definitely like want to read the book. Um, I don't know. I think I'll get to it before the movie because the movie comes out in September, but the book is like 800 pages. So I'll probably watch the movie first, but it looks good. Ansel Elgort, um, like saying his name along with Timothy Chalamet. He's not in it, but just those two names are very good to say. Um, Ansel Elgort is in it, um, and looks like possible Oscar turn. Um, it looks like the very like, dramatic movie. Um, doesn't look like it's like it looks. It looks very like 
we we let we uh don't like to throw the term prestige around because it means nothing but this is sort of the oscar Beatty film that i based on a, a best-selling novel that probably will get some awards turned but it looks good i'm excited for it um that's the goldfinch um the next one is um oh i'm reading here uh statwats no 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 sorry i got a typo there uh star wars the rise of skywalker i want to watch it i want to watch it so badly it's it's the um ninth film in the quote-unquote skywalker saga which thought we ended it in three uh apparently they when disney bought it they were like we're gonna complete it for real um what can i say i mean we've 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 talked about these movies. I'm very excited about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. HT and I did a whole goddamn breakdown about the teaser trailer, and you can hear all my thoughts on, and theories. Oh, I forgot we uh, did that breakdown. Yeah, yeah, that was back in April during uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, I'm very excited about that film. J.J. Abrams has never closed out a franchise before. He's only started them or rebooted them. So I'm very interested to see how he does an ending because let's, he usually doesn't. Let's see if he can be a closer. Can he can he oh, can he open the mystery box and then close it back up? And just leave it closed and let everything settle in peace. Well, here's the thing, Anya. Star Wars is a large IP <laughs> with a lot of books and video games. And comic books. So even if this is the final Skywalker saga film, we're probably going to get more Skywalker in other medium. Which is good. I mean, it is one of those universes that can be told kind of forever. But, like, I like the idea of, like, you're allowed to tell a story that has a beginning, middle, and end within the larger franchise and have that be that and then tell other stories within it that can touch on this one. But, you know, like, let this one stand on its own and then go off and do other things. Agreed. Yes. Um, so the next one I have is Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. Uh, HT pretty much talked about it, and I pretty much agree with the excitement on that one. Um, I will forever watch any Taika Waititi film. Hunt for the Wilder People is so good, um, like just so good. And obviously, Thor Ragnarok is the is like you know a, a great late entry into the MCU. That uh, when he when he was announced as director, I think a lot of people were like, "What?" And then it it's amazing. Um, and I can't wait for Thor, colon, Love and Thunder as well. So, uh, and apparently he's got a secret film for Fox coming out. Yeah, it's um, it has a title actually, and I can't remember the name of it. But it's funny because he put on hold his Acura movie because of his schedule for Thor. And now he's got another secret movie <laughs> with Fox. So, um, secret movie, hold on. I'm going to like yeah. look so- it up. Because look it up wait, are we think, are we talking about the soccer movie? Yeah, the soccer movie. Yeah, it's about a um, it's about a um, a team, a team made up of Polynesian players, and they're like down on their luck players. I forget which country they like play for, but they're like one of the worst teams or whatever, some of the worst players. And like by a stroke of luck, they like get into the World Cup in I forget which year, but it, I know it's about like so he's still tapping into his roots um, as someone who is Maori and Polynesian and telling the story of this like Polynesian soccer team that makes it into the World Cup like miraculously. It's based on the 2015 documentary Next Goal Wins and it's based on the true story of the Dutch Coast 
coach Thomas Rongen, who attempts to uh, the nearly impossible task of turning the American Samoa soccer team from perennial yes. losers into winners. Yeah, and they make so it to the World Cup. That's it's amazing. like cool runnings, but for soccer. It's yeah. like everything I want because I, you know how much I love soccer. And yeah. it's Taika. So I'm like, wow, this is so perfect. It's made for you. Yeah, so Taika Waititi is amazing. And what we need now is an anti hate satire. Um, that um, completely destroys the Nazis because, hey guys, guess what? The Nazis are bad people. If you, they're the bad ones, we fought are a war the, about it. They're the baddies. <laughs> they're the baddies. Um, so the next film I have on my list is also uh, one that HT talked about. It is The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers. Um, I want to talk about the fact that it looks like it was filmed in 1943. <laughs> it looks amazing. It looks like it's it's. I watched the trailer and it's shot in black and white on an old film camera that's four by three, and like there's like these exterior shots of the lighthouse that look like they're like a miniature mixed with like a matte painting and like fake lightning lighting. It looks so vintage in like such a throwbacky way that like it, to to the point where like when they show s- shots of Robert, Pat- Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe like looking at each other like like the lighting setup looks like something from the 40s like this film looks like it's it it was like unearthed 70 years like 70 years later starring two uh modern uh major actors um and I really can't wait for it because it looks like it just looks like something that doesn't get made now literally because film has evolved since then but i do i appreciate like the old like this is an old sea tale and it like with all that encompasses like this it looks it looks so good i'm very and willem dafoe's beard in that is he's all sea captainy and i'm very excited about it and he's got like the the old seafaring voice of like oh What's with all? How long have we been here? Two days? Five weeks? And Robert Pattinson's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I'm like, oh gosh. Willoughby, I think you should watch The Witch. Um, I know you don't like horror movies, but it is really good. And it's a movie that actually turned me around to horror movies because it's something that doesn't quite play like a horror movie. It plays like a psychological thriller. And um, it just gets more, it's more about the atmosphere and the mood, which is definitely what The Lighthouse is, seems like it's going to be about. And uh, I think you should, you'd really like The Witch. I appreciate that. And I, I, I believe you tried to convince me last week when we were talking, when we were just doing our themeless episode. Oh, so yeah. I'll definitely have to give I'm it a gonna try. try to, I'm going to tell you every time and forget every time and be like, watch The Witch, Willoughby. And then when you watch, I'll be like, watch The Witch. And you're like, oh, I've seen it. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind then. It's... It's your own personal looper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And speaking of looper, the last film on my list is uh, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Yeah, great segue. It's got a stacked cast. It's got a stacked cast, and the just the whole thing makes me very excited. Um, I've been excited for Ryan Johnson before Star Wars, so I'm not a fake Ryan Johnson fan. Um, You know, I'm true believer brick is great looper's good brothers bloom i need to rewatch because i didn't really understand what was happening in it and then the last jedi is amazing it's a masterpiece um so ryan johnson can do no wrong um on here on the podcast 
uh, we stand a legend. We do. We stand. We stand one. And we there's other one. films I really am excited for, but we'll get to that in honorable mentions. All right, Anya, what are your most anticipated movies of fall 2019? Okay, so we have some overlap as you know, we would expect. Um, so the ones that have already been mentioned that are on my top five are uh, Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse, which I'm very excited for both those, um, as well as Little Women, which as I mentioned earlier, <coughs> excuse me, um, HT and I are both big fans. So this movie is definitely one of my most anticipated movies like of the entire year. And I do just want to give a shout out that the trailer is wonderful. And I'm excited to see that the sisters seem to be getting kind of their own arcs in the movie as they do in the book. But movies tend to boil it down to being a Joe-centric story when the book is very much an equal footing for all four of the little women. Um, and as an Amy stan, I am so excited to see Florence Pugh as Amy. She looks wonderful already. Um, so yes, little women. And then the two on my list that have not been mentioned yet. The first one is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The new movie about Fred Rogers starring, who else? Tam Honks mm -hmm. as Fred Rogers. I mean, who better to Excuse play... What? Hom Tanks? Tam Honks. Um, who better to play kind of one of America's most beloved people, entertainment figures known for being nice than with our current day beloved entertainment figure known for being nice. Because um, current dad. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and so I'm really excited for this movie because, you know, it, it does seem a little Oscar baity, but I'm also like in this day and age, I am more than happy to go sit in a movie theater for two hours and watch something that is inherently about goodness and about acceptance and kindness and just reaching out a hand to other people. I'm, I'm going to eat that up with a spoon and I'm so excited. Um, the movie is directed by Marielle Heller who did Can You Ever Forgive Me, which was one of my all time favorite movies of last year. And I think should have gotten way more Oscar buzz and credit, um, especially for Richard E. Grant. Yes. And then, so, so like I said, Tom, it was so good. So Tom Hanks um, plays Mr. Rogers. And the movie, instead of being a generic biopic, which I don't think those are ever succeedist films, it takes a specific point of view and angle to cover Fred Rogers. So what it does is Matthew Reese plays a reporter for Esquire, and he is interviewing Fred Rogers for a profile piece. And so we get to learn who Fred Rogers is through this interview and through... Matthew Reese's character learning about him, which I think is a really clever way to do a biopic because um, it kind of lets the audience step into the reporter's shoes and he's sort of the audience surrogate. Um, and of course, naturally, I love Matthew Reese, so very excited to see him in a buzzy film. Um, so I'm just really excited for this. I'm excited to just feel something warm and fuzzy. Nice core. Nice core. You know how much we all love nice core here. Um, and then so my last one on my top five is a movie called Queen and Slim. Ooh, that's on my honorable mentions. I see the trailer for that. Yes. Which is an upcoming romantic drama film. Um, and it's directed by Melina Matsukis. Uh, this is her feature directorial debut and with a screenplay by Lena Waithe, who you guys might have heard of. Um, so the film stars Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out as well as Widows um, and newcomer Jodie Turner-Smith. 
And the trailer's done a really good job of setting up the premise of the film, so I'll just tell you real quick. Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner Smith characters, Queen and Slim, go on a first date. Um, while they're driving on their date, a cop, a white cop pulls them over. Things twi- quickly turn south, and Daniel Kaluuya's character shoots and kills the cop out of self-defense, and then Queen and Slim go on the run. Um, and so the film is basically following them post this date, post this event that happened to them, and, um, you know, it touches on obviously very relevant themes about police brutality, racism in America, um, and the way that black people are treated in this country. Um, And I think it looks intense and very good, and I think the acting looks phenomenal. I obviously love Daniel Puglia. Jodie Turner-Smith, as I said, is her first time, and she's a first-comer, but I'm so excited to see what she does. Um, and some other exciting people are in it. India Moore from Pose is in it, as well as Chloe Sevigny, um, Bokeem Woodbine. So I think it's just going to be a really powerful, relevant film, and I'm extremely excited to see it. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I have that movie on my honorable mentions, and I'm really excited for it after seeing the trailer, which essentially build it as a black modern day Bonnie and Clyde. And I like that premise a lot, but it does take that premise and, like, go with a much more relevant and, like, powerful... Um, exactly. ...approach. So it's, it looks exactly. really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, so those are my top five. Um, and like we said, we have some honorable mentions. I'm just going to quickly run through them. I'm not going to spend too much time on them. Um, but <clears throat> some of the ones I'm excited for that my co-hosts have already mentioned, I'm really excited for Knives Out um, and Star Wars. Very excited for those. I'm also personally excited for Charlie's Angels because anything that gives me Kristen Stewart looking queer as hell is right up my alley. I don't even care if this movie is good. Like, I'm just so excited to see Kristen Stewart enjoying herself. Like, I don't even care. I'm going to love this film regardless, so, like, that's what matters to me. Um, is that, like, my gay ass will be sitting in that theater being like, yes! Sequel! Even though I also love the 2000 film with, like, the 2000? The one Could Cameron be. Diaz came out? Yeah. It's two- I mean, it was either 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Well, it's, that movie is also perfect, so give me more Charlie's Angels. Um, I'm really excited for Maleficent, the sequel, because I want to see Michelle Pfeiffer and Angelina Jolie and their cheekbones face off against one another. Just vamping it out. Exactly. Um, and I'm excited for Harriet. And um, then also, since HT and I are now horror fans... Uh, there are a couple horror movies I'm really excited for this fall. One might not count because it comes out this week, but whatever. It hasn't come out yet, but I'm so excited for Ready or Not because yes. it looks exactly like You're Next, which is one of the horror movies that turned me on to horror in the first place. And I just love seeing like a woman brought into like this wealthy scenario and the wealthy people are totally crazy and she just completely like ruins all their plans and kills them and I'm just so excited for that. Um, it has like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and I'm so excited. Ooh. And then the other one is Black Christmas, which is the second remake of a 1974 Canadian horror film. There was a remake in 2006 and now this is um, the most recent remake and it is about um, a serial killer who targets uh, sorority girls at a college um, and it's directed by a woman and I, I think it's the first, this is the first time this movie has been directed by a woman. The original and the, the first remake were both directed by men. And so I'm excited to see this horror movie that is inherently about women hmm. directed by a woman. 
Um, and it, I'm excited to see, you know, like the whole idea is um, the premise, the synopsis for this new Black Christmas is that sorority girls are being killed by an unknown stalker, but the killer is about to discover that this generation's young women aren't willing to become hapless victims as they mount a fight to the finish. And so I'm excited to see if there will be more than just one final girl in this horror film and how that will kind of play out. Um, and the original Black Christmas has a storyline, a really progressive storyline dealing with abortion. Mm. And so I'm curious if this movie will also bring that storyline into it, but or just how it will go about that. So I'm excited for horror movies. All right. Um, Willoughby, why don't you list your honorable mentions? Um, I'm excited for Ad Astra, which is a new film by James Gray. Forget the James Gray. It was James. Um, I did not like The Lost City of Z, but I like space and I like Brad Pitt and I like Tommy Lee Jones. So this looks interesting. Um, I, it looks be better than. Careful where your yeah. space love takes you because that took you to high life last time. <laughs> yeah, but at least I know more about what this film is at least i think it's a father-son story i don't think i can get too fucked up um so <laughs> i want to see that film um i want to see the irishman which is netflix's martin scorsese uh film in which he went went ahead and did the impossible and dh joe pesci um and then also robert de niro and i think al pacino as well he uh, he's been working on this film for like years so hopefully it looks good and it's a good film um it's something i i you know i i i dabble in martin scorsese films i like his his work i'm, I'm a fan of it um uh, lucy in the sky which is natalie portman's uh uh astronaut uh movie which i um which is directed by the guy who did fargo tv show and Noah legion Holly. No, Holly, thank you. You have all the names, and I don't... Um, it's okay. I've been writing about this for a while, so it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, it looks it looks interesting. I like Natalie Portman. She was robbed of an Oscar for Jackie. So um, that uh, Parasite is... Uh, I'm also on the list. HT mentioned that. Um, again, I have no, no idea what it's about, and that's what you said I should go in with. So uh, I'm, I'm trusting you, HT. <laughs> Um, uh, Harriet is on there. I, I saw the trailer and it looks very, very good. Ford v Ferrari, um, kind of looks interesting. I don't really know much about it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, cool. Matt Damon and Christian Bale in a film could be cool, could be good. Um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anya was was talking about how great that was, and I'm like, I I, I was wrecked by the documentary about Mr. Rogers last year. So, and Tom Hanks is always very good. So I think the movies will be good, and Matthew Reese is playing like a cynical journalist who's probably going to have, have his heart warmed by the end of the film and have a therapeutic breakthrough with Mr. Rogers, probably in a diner. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Um, and then, oh, guys, Little Women. I Before the trailer, I really had no interest in Little Women. I like... And, like, when you guys would talk about it on the podcast, I would be like, I literally have no idea. Is Joe a boy or a girl? I guess that's also the kind of the point is it's androgynous. And Lori, that's a girl's name. Is it? No, it's not. It's a boy's name. It's 
oh, I'm like, oh, what's happening? Well, and then you remind the me so much out. of a Friends episode where Joey reads Little Woman after Rachel talks about it, and he's like, it's a lesbian romance. I'm, it's basically, I'm basically Joey in this scenario. I'm like, what's all, what's what's this, this book about? So I'm gonna give it a shot and see if I like it. I probably will because it's a beloved film, beloved movie. Um, and the the 94 film is on Netflix, so that's probably gonna be what I watch after I finish that. Um, I just want to say I was very happy when you and Mike uh, were tweeting about the 94 film and just like talking about seeing it all together. It just warmed my heart. Oh yeah, I I, I basically tweeted all my male friends like, "When are we doing a Little Women book club?" <laughs> um, so oh, but you know what? You know the film we haven't talked about, but we really need to. Cats. Oh, I was gonna save that mention for the end. Digital fur technology. It's what it's what the it's what the teens are into. (laughs) They jewel and they go want to go see cats. I mean, that sounds like a great night to be honest. I can't wait for this movie. I think it's going to be insane. I cats the the musical is insane they're putting it in a movie everyone's faces are digitally inserted onto a cat human hybrid body out of like doc, doc, the island of dr moreau like it's all nuts the whole, they have um, a wholly unsuitable director to direct this musical tom hooper who can't direct tom a musical to, direct to save his life is like thank god that i guess they have the choreographer from hamilton so like the dancing looks good but I just can't wait. For... Now, here's the question, guys. I know I'm running long on my honorable mentions, but when Jason Derulo, Derulo as a rum tum tugger, <laughs> begins his song, do you think that he will say Jason Derulo before he begins it, or I... will he go rum tum tugger? I hope he does both. That would be that would be that would be the best. That would just be like, or no, he begins it with Jason Derulo and ends it with rum tum tugger, because like. That, that's the only way you can do it. If you if you cast Jason Derulo, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, yeah, no, that's it. That, those that's my list. You know, it's just cats. I just want to say that I I, ser- I saw someone compare uh, Tom Hooper to the Michael Bay of prestige movies, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Man does not know what he's doing. He has no consistent visual can language. Hear, can you hear the people sing? The song of angry film goers. <laughs> All right, but on a more positive note, I'll go through my honorable mentions. Cats uh, is the most positive I'm getting. <laughs> I also have Queen and Slim, Ad Astra, a movie I'm actually quite excited for. Even though I didn't love Lost City of Z, I really admired it for what it was doing. And I think he, James Gray is such a strange and... Um, sprawling director I guess I would say like he has a really epic vision for his films and I'm really excited to see what he does with Ad Astra Uh, I also have The Truth which is Hirokazu Koreeda's next film it's his first non-Japanese film it's a Japanese French film that stars Catherine Deneuve uh, Ethan Hawke I think Juliette Binoche too yeah and it the poster for this movie looks hilarious because it looks like some sort of Christian family movie. But 
it is definitely not. And I'm quite excited. I don't really know what it's about, but um, I'm very excited for this film. Shoplifters, one of my favorite movies last year. Um, and also another one is The Report, which is a movie I heard lots of good things out, out of Sundance. I don't really know what it's about, but I hear that Adam Driver is excellent in this movie, directed by Scott Z. Burns. Um, and it's about a Senate staffer who heads the in- inquiry into the CIA's infamous enhanced interrogation techniques. Uh, Burns wrote the screenplay for this film, and, um... It looks like another political important film that could potentially, you know, be tap into uh, the pulse, the current day, current pulse of society. Um, Rise of Skywalker, another one that you know looks pretty good, looks pretty darn good, uh, despite my reservations about J.J. Abrams and you know the the Emperor reveal, which I'm not excited for, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, Lucy in the Sky. I'm also excited for that. Um, Noah Hawley's, basically his directorial, his feature directorial debut. Uh, Natalie Portman coming back with a vengeance after being snubbed by Jackie, putting on a diaper to play an astronaut. And he he is in that movie. I just need to point that out that Dan Stevens is in that movie. So is John Hamm, I think. It looks appropriately trippy. John Jam. And um, I want to say that it's based off of the real story of the astronaut who drove cross country in a diaper after the to follow the man that she loved. That's right. Yeah. I remember the headlines on that. Yeah, it's a very tabloidy story that Noah Hawley is turning into a very surreal story about uh, being unhinged from reality. So I'm I'm down for that. Uh, it's like it's like Jackie plus Annihilation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, next one I'm really excited for is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This one was a big hit at Cannes. It's a French film um, about a, directed by Céline Sciamma, and it's about a young daughter of a French countess in 1770 who develops a mutual attraction to the female artist commissioned to paint her wedding portrait. It's a lesbian erotic drama. Looks very good. Uh, and it's coming out in December in the U.S. So look forward to that. And um, yeah, those are all my mem- memorable mentions. A memorable, uh, honorable mentions. I can't speak today. I'm just so excited memorable about Cats. Functions. Well, I think there are some good movies coming out at the end of this year. Um, I'm excited to see so many of these. Um, yeah, and I think... Sure. <laughs> That one. Um, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, let's please go to the last segments of our episode before I hear anything else about cats. All right, let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. Okay. Anya, I'm going to start with you this week since you've been absent. Um, what do you really like this week? I hope it's cats. All right. Um, it is definitely not cats. Uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, I have two, but I think when you hear my first one, you'll forgive me for having two. All right, um, fine. I guess you've been gone two weeks. It's fine. I, it's also that. Um, but my first one, I just want to give a shout out. Um, friend of the pod and my girlfriend, Philippa. So, yes, I'm a little biased with this, but I'm also truly believing it. Um, my friend, Philippa. My friend. My girlfriend. Gal pals. <laughs> Um, my gal, Carol. pal, Philippa. Um, 
She is a really wonderful and talented uh, fiction writer, and she recently launched um, her blog to uh, post her original fiction. Um, and she has her first story up there called Gregory, and it is a queer romance with a happy ending, which is very important. Um, and she's working on a couple other stories that I have had the privilege of reading the drafts of that are really special and deal with a lot of great themes and fantasy and, you know, trans identity and women and their stories and they're just really special stories and I think that you guys should check them out if you are interested in original short stories. Um, she has a Twitter called Madness Witchery which we will post on the blog um, and she also has a WordPress under Madness and Witchery um, and that's where all her stories are and they are really wonderful so please check them out we will link them in the blog um right. they are wonderful and this the fiction's name is gregory the her first story that she posted it's called gregory okay yes all right um and then my second one is that i saw the movie the nightingale on <gasps> sunday oh i'm so jealous i want to see that movie yeah so the nightingale is the second movie by uh the babadook director jennifer kent um, this movie is not a horror movie like The Babadook, but it is horrific in its own way. Um, it takes place in colonial Tasmania um, when British soldiers are, uh, you know, kind of colonizing Australia. Um, and what starts out as what you think is going to be kind of a simple rape revenge storyline uh, turns into this very profound and deeply felt movie about friendship and differences and trauma and acceptance and reaching out across lines that you didn't know you could cross before. Um, it is an extremely beautiful but harrowing film. Um, for anyone who is interested in seeing it, there are three separate rape scenes in the film um, and they are brutal, but Jennifer Kent, in my opinion, is a really good job of shooting them that does not make them egregious or exploitative or anything like that. Um, she does it with a lot of care and compassion while not ever taking away the horror of it. Um, so the main sort of thrust of the story is that an Irish woman who lives in Tasmania with her husband and child, um, some British soldiers rape her and kill her husband and baby infant um, and she wants to go after the British soldiers and get revenge on them. Um, but she has to go through the bush of Tasmania in Australia, the outback. Um, and it's a perilous journey. And so she takes an indigenous person, a man named Bobby, who is a first-time indigenous actor, um, to guide her to find the British soldiers. And you find out that she, as a white woman, is deeply racist. Um, so you have all these conflicting em uh, emotions in the film. Um, feeling bad for what she went through, but not liking her treatment to Bobby. It's a really compelling story. Um, and Jennifer Kent, I, she spent years with indigenous populations in and communities in Australia, working with them, understanding their culture. Um, the language used is a real indigenous language in the film. And I know she had indigenous consultants on the film and all the indigenous characters are played by indigenous actors. Um, and so it's a movie with a lot of care. And I think it's just, very important, very beautiful, very raw, um, and it won't be for everyone, and that is okay, but if you think you can get through it, I do think that it is an extremely important film to see, and I 
really loved it. All right. I'm so excited for it. You know, that's going to go on my most anticipated movies of fall 2019. Although I think it's, it's out in some select theaters, right? It is. I mean, I feel like it should be out in New York. Um, oh. I saw it at the brand new Alamo Draft House in LA, which was my first time ever at an Alamo Draft House. Oh, how did you enjoy that experience? I enjoyed the service. The employees were all very lovely. And I enjoyed just kind of the whole demeanor of the passion for film. Um, I could do with a little less white film bros. Yeah, that's um, what you're going to get sure at Alamo. My, I'm that's not sure it'll be my... That is the Alamo. Yep, I'm not sure it'll be my theater of choice because it's in downtown LA and it's kind of pricey. Um, but I will certainly go for their special screenings and their special events because I know they have a lot of fun special events. But I was like flanked on both sides by white film bros during the Nightingale and I was like, hmm, this is... Hmm. <laughs> no... No. Not the right audience. <coughs> no. All right. Willoughby, what's your really like this week? So we've been kind of weird with our scheduling, so I haven't really had a chance to talk about this. So it's an, a movie I watched a couple weeks ago, but it's still kind of on my mind. Um, and that is uh, the mid-90s film by Ben Stiller, Reality Bites. Oh. Um, I have never seen that film before and I watched it because it's on HBO and I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a chance to watch it because like it's something that I've always been meaning to watch because I heard it's like you know like the story of Generation X you know like the, it's like their thing and then I realized that as, as I was watching it that uh <laughs> we all have the same fucking problems every generation and it was a very relatable movie as well as a very good movie um and just like uh, you know, you don't really see too many films about the post-college years. It's usually high school or college or 30s. So it was really cool to watch a film about, like, you know, tw- mid to late 20-year-olds who are trying to deal with their shit um, in, like, a sincere way. Like, it's not, I mean, there's humor in it, but it's not, like, a parody or a comical version of it of like a brat pack movie or anything it's just uh i really appreciated like the performances and i thought that the uh the mixture of like uh the like the videotaping of the documentary that winona Ryder's character is making as well as like the like the real like movie cameras that ben stiller is directing like that mixture was really cool i really appreciated that because like a lot of the most telling moments on the in the film come from the documentary itself and i was really like interested i was really interested in how that mix of media was like coming across um in such a, like a uh like a 25 year old film so i really liked it um didn't realize ben stiller directed it because uh, i mean i know he's directed films but i didn't realize he it went all the way back to like what 94 so like it was pretty cool um and yeah ethan hawk winona writer they're great they got good chemistry. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. It's on HBO if you want to check it out. I really enjoyed Reality Bites when I saw it at uh, Tribeca. And uh, Ethan Hawke and Winona Ryder were there. And uh, I love them. They're my parents and also my boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> we have a complicated relationship. Um, what was I saying? I was. It's interesting because you're talking about the lack of post-20s movie or like post uh, grad movies and like mid to late 20s movies and I was thinking oh you know speaking of Brat Pack St. Elmo's Fire was kind of that movie for the yeah, 80s generation. Yeah that's the other one I think of. And then like Reality Bites Gen X got theirs with Reality Bites. What's Where's ours? Do we have one? I don't know I haven't made it yet. 
That's a good question. I'm trying to think of one, and I can't. Like, that's, like, post-college, figuring it out. I I feel like there's got to be some. There's some. There's, like, that we're not thinking about. There are actually quite a few I can think of, like, that are good indie films, but none that have quite the cultural resonance of, for example, Reality Bites or St. Elmo's Fire. Like, you know, Jeffa Who Lives at Home is a good one. Um, But that's not really the – I mean, it's, like, older millennial version. Like, like there's no – there's no one for the grad class of 2014. There was some Alexis really. Bedell movie literally called Post Grad, but it was kind of a bad comedy. Oof. But yeah. Like usually, like you, like a lot of the settings in rom coms are usually like mid twenties, but mm-hmm. it's like the the focus is the romantic comedy part of it, and not really like the like the issues that like we no deal with. I mean, I guess back should have like, some movies about that. Yeah. Oh, he does have a new film coming out. In the in the fall, oh. called was it Marriage Story, which yeah, just Marriage dropped Story. two trailers today, with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson as like a millennial married couple mm-hmm. with a lot of issues. You could say that Francis Ha is that movie, but it doesn't quite have like yeah that cultural impact. Although it does have a lot of people base their identity around Francis Ha, which is hilarious to me. I still need to watch that movie. It's really good. Um, uh, I feel like yeah. Greta Gerwig no, will I make th- a movie about this at some point, and Saoirse is going to be in it. Sarsha. Um, and I mean, that makes sense because, like, Lady Bird was sort of that for the time, like, the period time, like, what am I saying? The time period, like, uh, period piece about the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's no, there really hasn't been one for the post recession, like, kids who went to college who were like, I guess I signed my life away to Wells Fargo and now I have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I uh, think we could like, sort of, I mean, I guess it wasn't like a huge film, but Adventureland sort of brings mm. true to me yeah, in that that's vein. True. That's true. Um, but it, it's not, but again, yeah, it's not like a huge like blockbuster, like mass America film the way like The Graduate or St. Normal's Fire were. And it's also set in the 80s, isn't it? Um, I be- Yeah, the mm-hmm. late 80s. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, they do it really subtly, though. Like, you yeah. don't really realize that it's the 80s until I think, unless you, like, look at the cars, because it's very t- timeless in that sense. Yeah. Anyways, we need our, our millennial, um, you know... Anxiety film. Anxiety, films. struggling with adulthood film. We might be passing it by. Like, we're basically in it right now, and uh, we need something to tap into that anxiety soon, or else we'll soon be all adults and have passed that struggling age. I mean, I guess we're adults now, technically. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. Speaking of adults that, look, that act like kids, my really life for this week, <laughs> Succession. I mean, that's not really a great segue, because that's not <laughs> totally accurate. Um, I mean, they are... This is, this is my favorite of your really likes ever, HT. Alright, I have to say, I'm using this as my really like, but I can't really speak much on it because I've only seen the first episode of Succession. But consider me properly intrigued. I really, actually, like, halfway through the episode, which um, I was like, wow, this show is really good. I've been hearing so much about it from Anya, from Twitter, from, like, various people who've seen it and rave about it. And um, I was... I remember being under the impression when I first saw trailers that it was, like, Empire but for white people. But it's not exactly. I mean, the premise is somewhat the same, but it is so well written. Oh, my God. The writing is just sharp. It, 
like razor sharp. It's really good and really and you know very dryly funny. Uh, the performances are great. Um, Brian Cox playing the most King Lear character. Um, it is like probably the best adaptation of King Lear I've seen since Ran, like Akira Kurosawa's Ran. So I'm excited to see more of it. I've only seen the first episode. I can't say how much of it, but I really enjoyed all of like the the backstabbing and boardroom politics that take place in that first episode. And um, the characters are already coming to life so well. So I'm interested to see more. Uh, Consider me on the succession train. Yay! It's so good. It's one of the best TV shows airing right now. It's the best. So now that we're all sort of on this on the on this hype train, um, when Brian Cox's character says, "Let's go play a game," did y'all think that they were gonna go start hunting people? Well, I mean, basically, man, it is the most dangerous game, and that does seem like something that you would do. Truly, yeah, Brian Cox, terrifying. Waystar Royco, a real company name. In that TV show, Waystar Royco. Say that five times fast. Uh, I'm so happy. Um, expect an episode on Succession likely in the future as I strong arm my co-host into doing that because I want to talk about my Roy babies all day long, especially right. my child, Kendall Roy. We're doing a Succession um, episode at some point. I'm going to make you guys, of course, do a Miyazaki episode. Oh, oh yeah. happily. Mm-hmm. Oh, happily. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on that train right now. Yeah, Perfect. he is, and I love him forever. So let's do one. Let's let's let a date. Um, so you guys have some episodes, teasing episodes to look forward to in the future. Succession, Little Women, Miyazaki. We'll be covering all of these things and more in future episodes. Um, but for now, that is our episode for the week. If you guys have any thoughts on films coming out in the second half of 2019 that you're excited for, or things that you are really liking lately, including older movies like Reality Bites, newer movies like The Nightingale, or if you're catching up on shows like Succession, come chat with us about those things. And where can they do that, Willoughby? Oh, well, you can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter, um, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, you can listen to this podcast if you're somehow not listening to it right now on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and rate, review, and subscribe there. Um, please, that'd be great. Um, tell your friends, tell all your tell your coworkers, tell your parents. Yeah, maybe, maybe you don't tell your parents, um, but tell everyone else. Tell um, your pets. Your dogs want to hear this. Tell your dogs and cats and your parrots and your your little goldfinches um, and your ad astras and your Irishmen. And your lighthouses and your Jojo rabbits. The Irishman um, that you have in your house. Where can, they, where can they find you guys on the internet? You can find me at HTranBooie on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at CatsMovie on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Why? Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye.